We are the men who. Why are circles so important for the men who? When we meet in person, we sit in a circle and we symbolically draw a circle in our virtual spaces as well. Circles historically and across cultures are important symbols of safety, which is marked as a container for whatever's going on inside it. And then you could even think about the ancient, ancient practice of sitting around a fire in a circle. Of course, this would have been the setting for many people to share wisdom, to share moments of emotional highs, emotional lows, and to feel part of a community. Welcome to the Men Who Talk, the men's mental well-being podcast brought to you by the Men Who. The Men Who is a men's collective for actively maintaining positive mental well-being. With the Men Who, men have the opportunity to talk, listen, support, care for, and help themselves and each other build meaningful connections in person, online, and together. Together, it's our purpose to raise the power of sharing what's on our mind and make it easier for men everywhere to access their well-being potential. Join us on this lifelong journey. We are the men who, and welcome to the men who talk. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode six of the men who talk. Thank you once again for tuning into our new podcast and for all you're doing to help us share words and wisdom on how to positively manage your mental well-being. We absolutely love hearing from everyone who's listening, so please do keep sending in your thoughts, responses, questions and suggestions for future episodes of the show. Today we're joined by Simon Dean McCarroll, a valued participant since our very first Talking Circle back in 2019 and now trustee of the men who. And this is a special episode for us, as it addresses one of the questions that we at The Men Who are asked most frequently. And that question is, what is a talking circle? The short answer is that the talking circle is our most sacred and special act in the ongoing effort to manage our minds. But like all things worth doing, there's much more depth, yet also simplicity to it than that. Like all who have passed through The Men Who's doors, Simon and I are no strangers to the positive effect that regularly participating in a circle can have on our mental well-being. In this episode, I sat down with Simon to explore his mental well-being journey, explain what talking circles are, how they work, and why they instill a sense of immense power in all those who choose to share their thoughts in this way. For now, enjoy the episode, and don't forget to subscribe, rate the podcast, or get in touch with us on Instagram at themenwho underscore if you'd like to join our conversation. So without further ado, let's join the circle. Simon Dean McCarroll, how are you? A very warm welcome to the Men Who Talk podcast. Thank you very much for having me here. Good. It is lovely to have you here after uh, after six weeks of podcasting. We'll finally have you on. Exactly. Yeah. Both of our uh, calendars have uh, been a challenge, but we've made them align. They so have, they happy have, days. Uh, they have aligned and here we are. Um, Brilliant to have you on. You are the the second of our uh, second of our trustees to have on the podcast uh, after Joe. So <clears throat> I think... Um, Again, we'll get we'll get a, a unique perspective from you, not just in terms of insights on the men who, but also um, how how you help run it, how you help grow the men who, and, and spread the word. Excellent. Yes. So, Simon, we're here to uh, we're here to hear about you, who you are, what your experiences with with mental well being have been, um, but we're also here to talk about something that is very sacred to the men who, and that is the talking circle. 
Um, yep. So it, it's a question we get asked a lot about the men who, uh, what, what is a talking circle? How does it work? Um, how do I participate? How will it make me feel? Um, and, and it's great to be sitting here with you to, to kind of finally answer that question for people. Um, and we'll get into that in a little bit more detail in a bit um, with, with a bit of help from Joe, uh, who brings his kind of very spiritual side to, to the concept and explains it really well in terms of a historical context. But before we get into talking circles and, and everything wonderful that they do for mental well-being, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who's, who's Simon Dean McCarroll? Yeah, well, that's a question I ask myself quite regularly. Um, so my accent will give away. I'm uh, not local. I am uh, from New Zealand. I came up here in 2003, uh, and uh, after some travels and bits and pieces, I've uh, settled here quite happily in Edinburgh. Um, I live down in Stockbridge, uh, near you guys, and uh, I've been very happy there for, for quite a long time and, and plan to stay stay there. Um, what do I do? I... I uh, I design aircraft facilities. Uh, I don't design aircraft, but I design the facilities that they use. Um, I do a lot of work on runways. I spend far too much time getting excited about asphalt and concrete um, on, on your local runway. So uh, I, I spend a lot of time looking at that. Um, and then ultimately making sure that facilities are safe for people and aircraft to use. Uh, I'm a director of two companies. Uh, the first company looks at training um, to make sure that people have um, policies, procedures um, and uh, practices in place so that they don't hurt themselves in the first place. And then the second company that we that I work with, uh, if there is an incident and it does have to go all the way to court, then, then we work with uh, the lawyers, judges, barristers to help them understand what has happened within the aviation arena. Fantastic, fantastic. And you recently set up these companies, didn't you? Yeah, two weeks before COVID started, I was like, yeah, I left my job with a, a, a large consultancy and I thought, yeah, I can do this on my own. It's great. Absolutely. We'll, we'll do this uh, aviation thing. Uh, and then two weeks later, yeah, COVID kicks in, uh, aviation shuts down, um, makes it a bit of a challenge. But hey, we got there, we're through it, had a good time. Um, I'm doing uh, uh, some work at the moment that'll see me off to Antarctica. Oh wow! Uh, for a runway down there, uh, so that that will be good. Um, and then uh, some work uh, in Asia as well. We've got some work coming up across, uh, well, all over the world actually, Africa, uh, Europe, and North America. Oh mate, well, if you need a buddy, yeah, I've had a few offers for people to carry my suitcase. Uh-huh. So, uh, okay. so that's good. Well, I'm re- reasonably <laughs> strong and proficient, and spent a lot of time in airports in the past, which which is relevant because that's um, you know you and I go back much further than the men who we work together for. I guess you know, coming on 10 years now for the same company when I was based down in London and you spent a lot of time there. Um, so I do know a little bit about airports and runways, but I've forgotten most of it. Um, but but this is relevant because I suppose our conversation, our journey with men's mental well-being goes, it does go beyond the men who, doesn't it? We've been yeah. talking about it in some form or another for quite a long time. Yeah, both of us uh, at different times have had... Uh challenges experiences uh with mental health and and through our common friendship we've recognized that uh and each other and been there to help support you know do we want to have a chat about something here um are you okay and then um taking that through to to where it's got to today with the men who group um to to actually formalize and structure what we're doing in a lot more um uh a lot more structured manner yeah, so it's why I'm I'm really looking forward to this conversation because because we, to turn a phrase, jumped into the circle together, and I think, you know, you and I'll be able to bring a lot of um, a lot of commonality to our experiences, but 
but as there always is, um, we'll also see it in a slightly different way and, and get different things from it. So look, we'll explore that soon. But um, just just to kind of find out a bit more about you um, and, and your experiences with, with mental well-being, as a concept, as a phrase, what, what does mental well-being mean to you as a man? As a guy, uh, yeah. So there there are a lot of um, preconceptions uh, around mental health, especially for, for blokes. Um, I'm a civil engineer, so that comes with you know, the engineering rah, uh, approach to life as well. So yeah, it, it's around understanding who you are, what you're doing, and that actually it's okay sometimes to not be okay. And it's okay, it's even more okay and encouraged to talk about it. So through the things that you and I have been through, um, and then other friends and colleagues that we've seen and supported, um, that actually becomes something much more tangible that we can then grasp onto and say, we actually want to address this, help it, and then, hey, it makes all of us better individuals, stronger, happier, healthier, healthier both physically and mentally. Um, and, you know, we support each other and then we have a laugh along the way. So yeah. that's it's only good. Yeah, I think you've touched on something there which goes into the, the the choice that we make to kind of refer to what we do as mental well-being as opposed to mental health. And I think most of us recognize that there is a difference. For you, how would you characterize the difference between mental health and mental well-being? So, yeah, for me, the, it's probably the best example there is, is to talk about what I'll physically actually do for my mental well-being, which is I'll sit down and play the piano for half an hour. I'm Without being being arrogant, I'm reasonably good. Um, and uh, I'll sit down, I'll play it for half an hour. And then, because you have to focus on you know the music that's in front of you, you have to basically block out the world for half an hour, focus on whatever um, to, to play that and get it right. Uh, and then um, once, you've, once you've finished playing whatever you're playing, you just feel so much better because you can't think about whatever is upsetting you because it's uh, you're focusing on doing the music. So it's a great way of just um, doing something to take you away and doing something that you actually really enjoy as well. Yeah, so this is something I've talked about with a few of the guests. I think particularly with Cameron, um, the the importance of just taking your brain out of the everyday cycle, the, the negative self-talk where it, where it has that opportunity to turn around and, and tell you bad things by tuning into something that engages the brain in a completely different way, a creative way. Um, and the importance of that is is just paramount. You know, yep. we, we all know that we come back from these situations feeling lighter. Often we've solved a problem that we didn't even know we were had or we didn't know we were thinking about. And it's, you know, it, it, that for me kind of crystallizes the, the difference between mental health and mental well-being. It's, it's these little activities that we can do every day that we know will just have that cumulative positive impact on our minds. Absolutely. Um, so the piece of music that comes to mind that I like to play um, is a piano arrangement of uh, uh, Beethoven's Egmont Overture. Wow. Um, I was told a number of years ago, I don't know if this is correct, but it's his interpretation of the Spanish Inquisition. Now, that could be right or wrong, I don't know. But that tells you it's fast, it's emotional, it's a bit, a bit aggressive in places. Um, but I tell you what, I've got to focus when I play it. I'm going to play it at speed. I'm not going to just slow down. I'm going to make sure I play it at the correct speed it needs to be at um, and get it right. And then if I need to do it again, I'll do it again. It's 11 pages long. Oh, wow. Turn the pages off, you go, and uh, and um, and, you, and you do it. It starts off slow, and then it ramps up very, very quickly. And, yeah. and uh, because it is a demanding piece of music to play, um, you know, it's, it's written actually for a full orchestra. 
um, of 70, 80 individuals. Which, and you are the equivalent, you're the man, male equivalent of a full orchestra, right? Yeah. So when I'm playing that on the piano, I'm playing an abridged version of it <laughs> to, to make sure that you, you get all the various key parts yeah. uh, going. And um, you want to make sure you get it right. And because you're doing that, that means you've got to focus on exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And it's a great way of, uh, of, of just stepping out from the world and the chaos that's going on. Yeah. And just being able to focus on, I'm doing this right now. This is for me. Yeah. I enjoy playing the piano. Yeah. Boom. And we're very lucky listeners because Simon has agreed to do our recital of his... Uh... <laughs> oh, <has> he now? <laughs> as a special for the podcast. <laughs> no, don't worry. We'll do that in a follow-up Instagram live or something like that. Put you on the spot. Um, so see, see, when you were do- see when you were explaining what's going through your mind when you're doing this, right? All I could think of was, that's the exact equivalent for me, but when I'm building Lego for my little boy... <laughs> So I had this experience the other day. I brought him back two little Legos because his, his little brother had just turned six months and we wanted to kind of mark the moment and say how proud we were of him for, for kind of welcoming Brody into the world and um, immediately gave it to him just before dinner. Huge mistake. Had to sit down and, and sort of intricately build these two little Legos whilst he's jumping on my back like, Daddy, when's it finished? Daddy, when's it finished? <laughs> trying, to, trying to put like trophies where the seat should be on this little race car. But do you know what? It just completely put me in a zone, and it was glorious. Yep. And you know, sitting there thinking, right, that I'm doing this just for the sake of doing it, and that is that is enough. That's wonderful, and you know, he's going to get a lot of joy out of that, and he still does, even though they're totally trashed on the kitchen floor. Um, but you, but you're you're completely right. It's so important being able to take yourself off to that zone, and knowing it's there is almost enough to help you throughout the day, isn't it? That you yeah. have an escape. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All I need to do is you know wander over to the other side of the room turn on the keyboard and and off we go yeah so you know music piano is clearly a big escape for you what else do you do in your day-to-day to to actively manage or cultivate a, a healthy mindset the other thing i do and uh anyone who's a nutritionist will be going tick 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 uh is i go to the gym every day so so as i mentioned yeah i'm a bit disabled i, I use a walking stick for for hobbling around the place i like to then See the funny side of that. I consider it my cue jumper as opposed to a walking stick. Um, but uh, I go to the gym every day. So I've got a, a, a PT who is um, cracking his knuckles every morning, half seven. He is waiting there for me. And um, anything you can you can think of uh, that involves your legs, so squats, calf raises, you know, sit up and down off a box to to, to improve the strength of my legs. He gets me to do. I, I, I touched on with the uh, the Egmont Overture being uh, an interpretation of the Spanish Inquisition. I regularly ask my PT, was he in the Spanish Inquisition in his past life? Um, because he's brutal. In a good way. We have fun. Um, but I tell you, he makes me hurt by the end of it. There's times I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm dragging myself out of there just going, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I really enjoy it. And yeah. it means every single night I sleep like a baby. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's actually really, really positive. Yeah. I'd love to remember what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great stuff. Um, look, Sai, uh, as I said at the start, you and I have been on a journey long before the men who, but we've also been on the men who journey together since day one. Um, you know, yep. we were both participants from day one. We've both seen it grow. We've both seen it help a huge number of men throughout Edinburgh and, and now beyond, um, and we've seen so many people come through the doors and, and benefit from what it is we do, which, as we said at the start, the, the core of it um, is, is the talking circle. Yep. This is what we do when we come together every week, whether it's online or in person. We 
metaphorically form a circle, sometimes physically form a circle when we're in a room together, and use that as the channel or the medium through which to share our thoughts in a very equal, powerful sense. We're going to hear from Joe in a minute on the sort of symbolic power and the symbolic nature of, of circles throughout human history, why they are so powerful um, and, and what they bring to a scenario. But thinking about a talking circle in very practical terms, how, how would you describe it to someone who's never heard of it before? Um, yeah, so you you come along. Um, everybody is very, very welcoming. So there's no, no stress. There's no need to feel a bit um, anxious or nervous. So understandably, some people do, um, but uh, please don't. Um, don't worry about that. Then uh, we all sit down. Um, it's very, very relaxed. We have a laugh. But the main thing to really remember is, you know, we're a non-judgmental space. Uh, everything we talk about is confidential. So you can share whatever is going on in your life from whatever direction that may be. And this is a space where you can say, I'm thinking about this. Uh, this makes me comfortable. This makes me not comfortable. Uh, and you've got a space where you can talk uh, about what's going on in your life, and you're not going to get judged on that. It is just a space for you to express where you are and what's going on, and people will hear you saying that. And the main thing is you're getting it off your chest, uh, so you can talk about what's going on. Um, we have a structured format uh, to talk around, so it's not just you know turn up and everyone off you go. It, it, there is a bit of a structure sitting there, so it's uh, not just um, not just ad lib. Uh, we we do what we need to do uh, in yeah in a structured process. Yeah, so I often think it's quite useful to tell people what they physically experience when they walk through the door for the first time and see a talking circle. And you know we've said many times on this podcast and others podcasts and in conversation that the first time you walk through a door into a talking circle is the hardest part. You will never it'll never be more difficult for you to step into that sort of environment yeah. physically yeah. or metaphorically. If I uh, reflect back to uh, the very first one that you and I went to, um, you know, in the days before COVID, uh, and, uh, you know, you and I both went along together, and I think there was some unspoken mutual support by doing that. Yeah. Um, but walking through the door on that first time, um, yeah, it is a little apprehensive. But within seconds, uh, you realize that this is actually all okay. This is not weird. We're not a cult. Yeah. Uh, no one's going to be lighting incense. It is just a bunch of guys sitting in a circle having a chat about stuff. Yeah, I do think it's important to to emphasize the the fact that it's not woo woo. It's not culty. It's it's not kind of you know a hugely spiritual. And if you don't want it to be, um, you know you you walk through that door. What do you see in front of you? You see ten, twelve chairs, literally lined, not even lined up, but but arranged or formed in a circle. Um, hence the talking circle concept, and you very quickly realise that it's just a, another bunch of guys, you know, who you could walk past on the street tomorrow and not bat an eyelid. Um, yep. But but you 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 come in, you receive a warm welcome, you choose a seat, you sit down next to these people, whether you know them, whether you don't know them, um, and you very quickly see that people are experiencing the same challenges as you. Yeah, and there'll be somebody there who'll be, you know, they may have come from work, so they might be a bit more suited and booted. Uh, there'll be someone who may have come from the gym, so there'll be, you know, gym shorts and stuff. Everyone's coming in at whatever whatever point in their life that they're at yeah. at that moment, um, and we're all together, and we just have a chat about what's going on. And 
it's, it's amazing how quickly everybody realizes that actually it's all, we're all in the same kind of place right now and that's okay and that's good i'm not alone yeah and there's complete sort of equilibrium in there there's no hierarchy to it yeah um as you said there's no judgment you know we don't offer advice in these circles it's very much about using the space to talk and share what's on your mind but also as we say is equally important to listen hear yep. other perspectives hear yep. other men talking about you know something that you may never have experienced but also something that you may be experiencing right now and take their different perspectives into your life and try and apply that maybe in a slightly new frame and and then also for you and I and, and the other other um longer participants the the range of people that we've been privileged really to to meet uh to to come in via the circles whether they've only um just come once whether they've come for a couple of months whether they they're still with us um the it's a privilege to to be part of their life for that for that hour um, each week uh, for for a period of time, and they yeah. talk about their stuff. They give us an insight into their life. They get an insight into us, uh, and then we we all go on our separate ways and we do do our own things. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It is a privilege to sit in these spaces with other guys and and see everybody sort of respect the nature of the circle and the values that the men who hold. Um, I think this is a good time to to bring Joe in just to explain a little bit about the symbolic nature and the historical nature of circles in human community and human sharing because it does a lot to explain why it creates such an immediate bond between what might otherwise be strangers um so joe let's 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 hear from joe about the symbolic nature of circles so why are circles so important for the men who when we meet in person we sit in a circle and we symbolically draw a circle in our virtual spaces as well Circles historically and across cultures are important symbols of safety, which is marked as a container for whatever's going on inside it. And then you could even think about the ancient, ancient practice of sitting around a fire in a circle. Of course, this would have been the setting for many people to share wisdom, to share moments of emotional highs, emotional lows, and to feel part of a community. And a circle is one unbroken line. It continues round and round. There's no edges. There's no broken parts to a circle. It symbolizes that our journey is never complete, that we work in these loops called habits that go round and round, and that within a talking circle each week, we can conceptualize, we can think about, we can understand those loops, those habits, the circles that we walk in every day. And then finally, what's so beautiful about a circle is that there's no hard edges, there's no hierarchy, there's no one that's higher or closer to the center than anyone else. We're all sitting in this position of equality. And that's why circles are such a huge part of both the men who physically, when we sit in them, but also symbolically, conceptually, and emotionally. So... As you can I hear from Joe there, he explains the, the nature of a circle sort of more eloquently than I've ever heard anyone speak about it. Yep. And for him, it's very clear to see uh, the, the, almost the intangible ways in which a circle kind of enables people to come together and share and feel safe uh, and feel, feel that sense of equilibrium that, that a circle creates. What's your perspective on Joe's take on circles? Well, if we look back um, across history, um, let's go back to Stonehenge to, what, 2,000-odd years ago. Um, the Druids there put, that, put, put their stones into a circle because that meant something to them. Um, so, you know, I think we, we can pretty 
easily visualize uh, them standing in a circle there doing what they were wanting to do. Um, even through to modern um, literary works, you know, if you if you draw a circle and stand inside that, you're safe from a vampire. Um, so so that is uh, you know that's that's come through in, in the written word as well as as the physical what we do in terms of uh, sitting together as a group and talking about uh, talking about what we're all going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so so to me, um, the, the circle is very very powerful. You, you and I have both got married, um, not to each other. Not to each other, but we are both married. <laughs> um, and we're both wearing wedding, wedding rings because Joe, you know, touched on um, beginning and end. Yeah, there, there is no beginning and end. We are uh, united with the persons that, that we're married to. Um, so um, the circle, you know, I'm going to look at my wedding ring right now and, and that is uh, another example of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it is spiritual, it is powerful conceptually, but let's move into the men who circles because by and large that is it's a very practical use of the circle isn't it you alluded to it earlier there's there's a set format that we follow which you know brings consistency it brings comfort because once you've been in that circle once you understand how it works and the sort of rhythm and flow um and this is what i want to explore with you really today is you know what what these elements of our circle are what they consist of but also what that brings to you in the circle from a mental well-being perspective, but also how you take that out into your everyday life. Yep. Um, so, so the circle, our circles are split into three parts. Yeah. We, we start off every circle with the check-in. So it's a kind of five, 10 minutes for everyone to just, you know, say how they are, say how they're feeling um, that day, that week, just in their life. Generally, if there's anything in particular they want to get off their chest, this is the safe space to share it. And and that can be positive. It can be negative. It can be frustrating. It can be joyous. Yeah. Uh, however you are at that point, yeah. um, share. We're we're here. We want to celebrate the good with you. We want to commiserate the bad. Uh, we tell us. Yeah, yeah, and it's really important because it does. It just it enables you to feel slightly lighter before the the main part of the the circle begins, which we'll come on to. But just thinking about the check in and your experience of coming into a group and in the first five minutes. Opening up, and we, as you say, we don't always open up about negative things. Sometimes we can say, "I've really had a really happy week. I've worked through some problems, etc." But just thinking about how that makes you feel in the moment, but also knowing that you have that five minutes a week to to do that. Yeah. So you've got yeah that those couple of minutes to talk about you how how you are right now, and and the group you know is looking at you to say you know, share, um, and. Uh, you can then talk about it. So if it's something positive, you know, maybe I've I've won a project and I, I want to say, oh, I've got this cool project. I'm off to such and such location and I'm really excited about doing this. Or maybe I've got a frustration because this and this has happened and this week and, you know, whatever's going on, I've had COVID or someone's got COVID or, or, or any, anything that's going on. Um, but it allows you to say right here and now, this is how I'm feeling and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, totally. I think it's also important to say that, you know, there's no, there's never any expectation or pressure on anyone to speak at any point in the circle, you know, and whether it's the topic or, or the, the gratitude piece at the end or how are you feeling at the start? But, but what it does is it almost acts as a, an icebreaker at the start, doesn't it? It um, does. And um, if somebody's, you know, there for their first time, maybe they want to be a bit more um, observational mm-hmm. um, just to see what they're, what they're doing. Make sure we're not lighting the the candles and and burning all the incense. Yeah. Um. But uh. You know. But equally, 
we've seen very quickly people will relax and they will want to then contribute and, and just be a part of it and say, yeah, it's cool. I, I can see what's going on. Yeah. You know what? Someone else has talked about either a, a positive or a frustration. Um, and I'm not the only one. Yes. And that's okay. So to borrow an analogy from our friends at the Edinburgh Blue, Edinburgh Blue Balls, um, big shout out, um, our favorite swimmers in Edinburgh. Um, for me, that initial check-in probably feels like dunking under the cold water for the first time yeah um when you're with that group and you know once you're under once you've acclimatized once you've shared that initial thought you feel more prepared to stay in the water for a little longer and share a little bit more absolutely it's that's the first time that you go under and you yeah. know you get your hair wet yeah so it it is about just um being able to to jump in it, it may be a bit cliche to say you can share your truth i don't know if that's if that's the right thing to say or not but uh you you can just share how you are feeling right here and now and that's totally okay you won't be judged you won't be commented upon that you can just share here i am right now and this is me thoughts and all i'm in a good space i'm in a troublesome space i want to talk about something and that's okay yeah so my experience of it is often I will come to the circle and during that first five minutes, um, I might find myself sharing something that I hadn't even thought about until that point. So sometimes we'll come to a circle and we'll know what we're going to share because we've had a problem or we're ruminating on something and this is our opportunity to voice it, perhaps for the first time, um, perhaps for the first time with other people and outside our own inner monologue. But often what you find is you sit there and whether you go first or whether you've been listening to others, Something will come out your mouth unexpected. Yeah, and that that you 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 almost take an intake of breath and say, "Wow, I wasn't I wasn't aware that this was on my mind, but here I am with an opportunity to share it." And all of a sudden, it feels like the most important thing that I could use my words for right now. Yeah, and the number of times that uh, I've thought, "Oh yeah, okay, um, I'll talk about this," and then once we actually get to you know, my turn, uh, so to speak, uh, I'll talk about something completely different that I was not expecting, um, yeah. and something. Something will have triggered me somewhere to go, actually, yeah, we want to talk about this, Simon. Yeah. This is, this is actually what we want to go on about. Um, and maybe it's something somebody else has already said. It might be just one word about something in, in the middle of their sentence uh, that's made my brain go, aha, let's connect some dots here uh, to say, you know, what is this? Uh, and, and what you end up coming out with can be quite um, unexpected at times, yeah. but at the same time, equally positive and beneficial to talk about. One hundred percent. It's like going for a run. You know, it might be hard at, before you you go, but you never feel bad. Like you never feel bad about going coming out from the gym, do you? No, oh, no. You might be physically beat up, but you know, mentally, you feel yep. it was worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. So another quirk of this this check in, I suppose, is um, and you've just alluded to it. There is the power of validation, right? Or almost somebody by sharing something almost gives you the key to unlock that in your own mind. Mm-hmm. You hear a phrase, you hear someone talk about an experience and, and all of a sudden you feel validated or comfortable enough to share something similar yourself. When, whereas perhaps you might have thought, well, surely no one else is experiencing this. Surely, surely no one else has got this problem. It must just be me. So I'll just keep it in my head and you know deal with it myself. But you have a man who's sitting next to you or opposite you shares and you think, okay, I now feel safe and comfortable to actually share this myself. Yep. Um, and, you know, if we use the the covid uh situation for the past two years the lockdown hokey cokey of uh you're locked down you're not um 
we've had that that topic's come up um, for, for for guys a number of times, and as to how they're feeling with that, how they're dealing with that, the rules changing on a on a regular basis as often as you change your socks sometimes, um, and you know that has a big impact onto people's mental health. Um, something I suspect has been been overlooked through the whole process. So so that's the check in. It's a it's a hugely important method of, of starting our circles giving everyone a platform and, and making them feel comfortable and safe and equal hey everyone we just want to say a huge thanks for tuning into this episode of the men who talk and take a quick break from the conversation to remind you how you can access more information on our collective head to our website www.themenwho.com drop us an email at let's talk at themenwho.com or check out our instagram at themenwho underscore to see what we're up to Together, it's our purpose to raise the power of sharing what's on our mind and make it easier for men everywhere to access their well-being potential. So why don't you join us on this lifelong journey? Thank you, and back to the show. Let's let's move on to the, I suppose, the main part of the circle, which is where we spend maybe 40 minutes out of the hour um, talking, and this is on the topic. So just bring to life what the topic is for people. The topic can be anything usually uh the week before there'll be a poll that will go up amongst the the attendees and whoever's there will go oh i like this topic and then whatever the winning vote is um then uh that will be the topic for next week is broadly how we get to get to choose it other times there might be various bits and pieces that come up that uh, we feel is appropriate um there's no no specific science or rigor to it apart from we need a topic what should we talk about um, I, I keep the uh, the list of uh, all the all the information that we've done and talked about, um, and and uh, so we can make sure that we don't double up. Um, we, we don't really want to do that. But um, yeah, so we ha- we have a topic, a theme that we then uh, propose to the group to talk about, uh, and then however that means to you, whether that's uh, if it, if we talk about love. Um, what does love mean to you? And and somebody might talk about, you know, they're in a new relationship and they're all loved up and it's all happy flowers and, and love love notes, etc. Um, but then equally somebody might be in a in a difficult position towards the um you know, in a difficult relationship and finding that, that love is a bit more difficult for them at that moment. Um somebody else may have lost somebody that, that um they loved in their life. So they may need to talk about that. Uh so the one word um, in this in this example, love can mean so many different things to different people at that moment in the circle at that time, um, and and we invite and welcome everybody to share uh, what that means to them for that topic uh, at that time. Yeah, beautifully explained, um, and a great example, love, because that does hold a lot of different connotations for a lot of different people at different times in their lives. Yep. Um, so yeah, I suppose I suppose the purpose of the topic is it's uh, in a sense is the the leveler. So we all we all come to the circle knowing what the topic's going to be. You have an opportunity if you wish to think about what you're going to share on that topic, what's relevant to you. But you can also come in and share whatever you feel is relevant at the time without any prior thought. And actually often I find myself thinking that's a more beneficial way of approaching it because what comes out without prior thought is raw, it's honest, it's it's what needs to come out. Um but there's another thing you touched on there which is the fact that it does bring up so many different perspectives, even in a small group. So just say we have a, sm- a small circle of four or five people. That one word will bring up 
five different interpretations. Yep. And it's it's just a beautiful example of how individuals, how the mind, how your own human experience can can frame something. So the benefit of this to to us as participants is you come in with an idea of what that word means to you, but you leave with five, eight, ten, twelve different perspectives on the same word. And you're inspired in that circle and thereafter to think about it, potentially think about it in a new way, right? Yep, absolutely. And and uh it it will mean something different to everyone who's there and you hear their experiences um around what this this topic, this word means and and you're able to reflect that upon yourself and say, Oh, okay, yeah, right. Um, maybe someone's going through something similar to you, um, be it positive or negative. Um, that's that's okay. I'm in the same space, I'm not alone. Yeah. Um, but then you, you may hear something from somebody that uh, goes, actually, yeah, I could take that and I could build on that into a certain direction. But at the same time, then it's, uh, it's, an, it's important to note that we don't specifically offer advice. So, um, you know, it's a space for you to share what you're going through and what this word means to you. But uh, you know, we're not going to have any of you, any of us saying around, right, it means you need to get engaged. Go, go, go. <laughs> Uh, no, we won't be doing that. Uh, it, you, you know, it's a safe for you to a space for you to share where you are and what you're at and what this means to you. Yeah. Um, and that's okay, and you won't be judged on that. Yeah. So we had a good example a few weeks ago whereby the, the topic, the theme was, uh, I think it was self control. And when we'd come to the end of the topic, we had a little bit of time left, so we opened up what we call the melting pot and just invited anyone in the circle to throw in a few more thoughts and, and just contribute a bit more based on what they'd heard. And one of the things I contributed after that was, well, what's the opposite of self-control? And I, my interpretation, right, I came out and said, well, to me, it's trying to control others for your means or for your purpose or for your benefit. And one of the other participants kind of came back and said, well, the opposite to me of self-control is frivolity, you know, um, complete lack of control. So that was just a great example of how one person had looked at it as, you know, completely externalizing it and saying, right, I must control everything around me. And the guy sitting next to me had said, well, actually, you can still internalize the opposite. It's just a different behavior. Yep. And that was, and I really did stop and think and think, okay, well, wow. I mean, I think I'm a reasonably self-disciplined, self-controlled person, but actually there's a lot of frivolity in my behaviors as well. And one of the guys used the example of, you know, buying new trainers every month, you know. Um, yep. To him, that was a lack of self-control. Yep, absolutely. And, and, yeah, as as you've just said, that's a great example of um, the one word meaning different things to different people, mm -hmm. um, and then you know at the end, yeah, we reflect what's the opposite of this. Yeah, and it means different things to different people. Um, so yeah, 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 it's a great example. Yeah, are there any topics that we've had over the last two or three years that stick in the mind that really changed your view on the world? Um, the one that comes to mind not that it necessarily changed my my view of the world but it was more i was i was quite interested to see everyone's reactions was when, when we touched on the topic of sex uh -huh. um how would people um react to that something that people would shy away from um it wasn't for the listeners tips and tricks it was uh <laughs> around what what does this mean for you uh, uh and and uh and your relationships um and it was. I was actually really, really pleased with how everybody approached it in a in a very sensible, relaxed, calm manner. Um, and so I was. I was actually really, really pleased um, with that. So we do have a, a number of similar, more 
challenging topics uh, in the bag that we could draw upon at some point if yeah. it's if it's appropriate. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's the one that actually really sticks to my mind because of it was a, it was a potentially contentious one. I remember we we all had a chat beforehand going, "Oh, is this going to be all right?" <laughs> it was, um, and I came away from it going, "I was actually really impressed with how everyone." reacted and contributed to that in a positive positive manner yeah they are provocative is the wrong word but some of the topics and themes can border on provocative um and i think if you weren't in that safe space you'd feel difficult talking about them but but the the circle and the trust and safety that goes on there just it gives you permission internally to say right let's explore something that for me might be taboo so we've been through Brexit. There may be another Scottish independence at some point. I'm sure that will bring up equally um, challenging emotions for people and, and we will happily address those at the time as a group and help and support each other as we need to. For sure. Something I've loved, uh, a natural evolution of the, the topic um, as part of our circles is we've, we, we occasionally throw in a, a more philosophical topic. So the examples we've used so far tend to be sort of single words. Yep. Um, which I, and I think there's a lot of power in that because it does leave it open for complete interpretation. But something we've brought in more recently, um, and for example, next week's circle, I think the question is, um, what do I feel I still have to achieve in my life? So kind of more philosophical questions. How would my 20-year-old self look at me now? Um, what does it mean to me in the 21st century to be a man? And almost kind of posing these these more hypothetical ones. And what that can lead to is, as well as... Uh, as well as men sharing their individual experiences around a topic or a word, it can also invite them to share their worldview on yep. that topic or that question. What do you think about this sort of natural move towards the more philosophical topics that we are seeing coming up? So I think firstly it's it's great because it takes the you know the barn doors of of you know the the route we're wanting to do and it, and it throws them open even wider. So we've got even more th- things and more stuff that we can discuss. And, and invites people with even more perceptions and, and views of the world to contribute. Um, so I think that's great. But then also when I reflect on on the men who are in the journey that we've been through as um, like as the trustees roles that you and I have, um, that also says to me that we've, we have um, evoluted, we have grown with this process as well. So we're not just, you know, looking coming through the thesaurus going, mm, what word should we put up this week? <laughs> no, it's actually we're saying, we can actually do more here now and we can we're growing as a as a group as an organization um because we can we're, we're not you know a group who's just been together for a couple of weeks we've, we've been going for a couple of years now um and so we're able to start change we're able to start changing what we're doing um because of the maturity that's sitting behind what 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 we do yeah i think this is one of the main ingredients behind its success and the reason why week on week on week people keep coming back to the table is the ability to stay relevant yep and and obviously we play a role in that as as hosts as trustees but everybody who turns up whether it's once whether it's their hundredth time plays a role in that keeping it relevant by collectively choosing the topic for the next week and you know you you mentioned a moment ago that when there's when there's macro themes going on in people's lives whether it's a pandemic whether it's a big political movement um whether it's something as divisive as referendums and you know, we may well find ourselves in that situation again in Scotland very soon. We can bring these to the table, not necessarily in its 
black and white form saying today we're going to talk about referendums but but you you kind of bring emotions to the table you bring relevant topics to the table that just allows people if they wish to start talking about how these macro themes are affecting them in their daily lives yep and you know um, it, how is it affecting the relationships with the people you live with how's that affecting the relationships with people you work with yeah um is there somebody in the office who is you know chanting for, for one side or the other and and is that something that resonates with you or that doesn't resonate with you um how does that make you feel and that's this is a space where you can talk about that yeah so not to get all kind of <clears throat> trying to fix the world and society at large and everything but i i feel debate debate in society is crucial for a a, a well-functioning society and you yeah. can make your decision up as to whether we are well-functioning right now or not However, How long has Poets Corner been kicking around in Leicester Square? Well, there you go. Um, it's essential, but what I feel that we're missing when things like Brexit referendums, Scottish independent referendums come around is is almost that neutral space. So uh, people always have platforms, whether they be physical or digital, to come together and debate, argue over one side or another passionately, vehemently. And we know that often leads to division. Polarizing. Sadly, polarization. Yeah. What spaces like this enable is you mar- you're still talking about the same topic, but you're looking at it in a from a more through a more emotional lens in terms of you know how's this making me feel? How's it making me act? Not you know which side I want to fall on or which side I think you should fall on because of X Y Z. And I think if there was a more of a platform or a space for that in society as well as the, the kind of true debating corner, I think we'd come out with a much healthier understanding for both sides and I think we'd come up with a much healthier outcome. Yeah, it comes back to the uh, you know the root cause of most problems is uh, a lack of communication. And mm. this, you know, one of the things we do, albeit on a smaller scale, is here is the ability to talk. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, that, was, that was good. We kind of got quite... Uh, we got quite philosophical there, didn't we? We did. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on to the, the final piece of the circle. Some will look at this as the most valuable five minutes of the circle some will look at this as possibly the most valuable five minutes of their week and the third ingredient in our circles is gratitude yes so very intentionally we leave the last five ten minutes of every circle to gratitude for to thankfulness um, and it's an opportunity for men in the group to share what they are grateful for in their lives in their day in that moment um and that taps into the power that we all know regular gratitude can have on your mental well-being. What does how, how does the the gratitude element make you feel in the circle, but also when you walk away from that circle? Yeah, so you you are encouraged to to speak about something that you are grateful for, thankful for. Um, it can be something as simple as I got a new pillow and I had a great night's sleep last night. That's speaking from a, a, a truth there last night. Had a great night's sleep. You do look fresh. <laughs> um, it can be as simple as that. You know, I had a new pillow, therefore I had a great night's sleep. I feel so much better today. And uh, so it's, you know, something mundane. It could be through to I won the lottery and I'm feeling fantastic. I no longer have a mortgage. That's why um, you look fresh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that... It, but but the more important thing is, you know, we've brought up possibly some some different thoughts and feelings throughout the hour, and then now we're intentionally encouraging everybody to finish on a positive. 
what is something that's good in your life that you are thankful for, that you're grateful for, so that you finish the circle, you leave the group feeling positive. And whether it's online, whether it's in person, you're leaving in a positive state. That's exactly it. And it comes back to one of our values, which is positivity. Yep. Um, which we're always at pains to say doesn't mean that you have to come to these circles in a positive mindset. That's not what they're for. But but the the, the gratitude element is a perfect illustration of how we always try and leave in a positive state if yeah, we can. Yeah, there's been you know a couple of occasions that that I've been frustrated or or what you know in a in a bad space, and I've come along to our groups, had a chat, talked it through, um, through what I'm going through, and then by the end of it, you you. you you are encouraged. You've got to find something positive to say. You might have had a really rubbish day in the office. Um, and here you are, you're online or, or in person. You go, well, find something that you're grateful for. What is it? Yeah. Got new trainers. We touched, touched on new trainers, yeah. buying new trainers each month earlier. <laughs> um, I've got some new trainers today. Or, or whatever it is, something that you're thankful for so that you leave going, I actually feel a little bit good. The world is not a bad, dark place. I'm in a good space. And there's a lot of scientific evidence to say that the, the practice of gratitude is one of the most powerful things you can do for a positive mind. Yep. Yeah. So <clears throat> that, that's, that's how the circles work. That is the structure of uh, a talking circle with the men who, and we know others run it in very similar ways. Um, but the amazing thing is since day one, we have never changed that format because it, nope. is so, it works. It's so perfectly balanced. It's balanced. It's simple. Um, it's easy for me to remember when I'm running a circle, so that's a good thing. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's simplicity and, and, you know, keeping things simple is always a good way to go. Yeah. And it never, it never runs out of its power. Just to come back to the nature of a circle, you know, the symbolic element that Joe shared, <clears throat> what's quite a beautiful way of looking at this is, so we start off with the check-in, how are you feeling? We move on to the topic, we finish with gratitude. Next week we come back and start that circle again. So, so that circle keeps going round and round. It keeps going round and round. Even if there's a week between you sharing something you're thankful for and coming back and sharing something that you're struggling with, that's where the circle connects, isn't it? Yep. It goes round and round. Round and round. Yep. And we just keep rolling on. Um, Sai, that was great. Loved, loved exploring how talking circles work, what they mean for you, the benefit they have in your everyday lives. Um, let's let's step out of the circle for a little bit. Um, and, and again, let's help people with some guidance uh, on, on how to actively manage positive mental well-being. Um, if a friend came to you or confidant or even someone that you'd only met a couple of times and said, like, Sai, I'm struggling a bit. Um, from your experience with the men who, from your experience of life, what one piece of guidance would you give them to help improve their mental well-being? Talk. Now, whether it's to your spouse, significant other, whether it's to um, a professional, trained professional, whether it's as, as relaxed as, as we are, talk to somebody. Because getting things off your mind um, and speaking them, that as soon as you do that, as soon as you start doing that, uh, you will start feeling, you, you will begin feeling better immediately. So somebody to talk to. And the, the fact that, that, that you know, a person has come to me in, in this example and said, I'm feeling a bit rough. Um, I've started that journey by by even just admitting that, um, which is great. So more than happy to encourage um, somebody to come along uh, and join us. Um, you know, 
if they need to speak with a professional, then we would encourage that as well. Um, but then also it can be as simple as speaking to your other half um, or, or friends and family, whoever it is. Um, sometimes it may be something that you need to speak to somebody that's um, away from your day-to-day um, life. So come and talk with us. We're just here. We're not scary. Um, as we said, I'm a disabled immigrant. So, you know, um, <laughs> I joke over that. But, you know, we've all got our stuff that's going on and that's okay. It's, it's okay to come along, um, do your thing, um, but talk to somebody. For sure. We're all just... up. We are more than happy to be here and listen. That's, that's what we're here for. We're all, we're all just guys who, on a day-to-day basis, might look like we've got our shit together, but, you know, we, all, we have the same challenges as everybody else. And then we go and buy another pair of trainers. And then we go buy another pair of trainers. <laughs> um, brilliant, mate. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's our first port of call, talking, isn't it, at the Menhu? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've alluded to this throughout the podcast, and you introduced who you were. Um, you, me, others as part of our group, most people listening to this, everybody out there in the world, has gone through some form of adversity whether that's with their mind, whether that's with their physical ability, whether it's with relationships, careers, thinking about adversity in your life. So you mentioned you, you have a disability, um, you have had mental well-being challenges like the rest of us. Having been through all of these and now sort of, I'm not going to say sitting on the other side because we never fully get through them, but sitting where you are now, knowing in your own mind how to manage them better. Can you see the value in having gone through this adversity in your life? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm I'm more than happy to share that I've I've got MS uh, and I've I've been through some lovely medical procedures for that, which I can bore you about later. Um, and I was asked recently, you know, do I regret having MS? You know, would I change it to not have it, etc. And my view there is, uh, no. I've had a you know, there are times that it's a bit shit. Not going to lie. However. I've met some amazing people that I would have never had the opportunity to meet if I didn't have MS. So I'm choosing, and, and the word is choose, I choose to look at it and say that um, I've got to engage with some people that actually are pretty awesome uh, that I would have never, ever got to engage with if I was a normal, in inverted commas. Um, you know, if, if I didn't have MS, then I would have never got to meet them. Um, and fantastic people that i've been privileged to meet um you know maybe just once or twice it may be for a longer period but uh i don't resent i don't regret having ms for a second i'm gonna ask you a little bit more about your experience with this and feel free not to answer the question if you're uncomfortable with it comparing what you've just said about your experiences with ms and living with it for how how long has it been now Mm, i was 18 i'm 43 now so most of your life then yeah more than 50%. Yeah. Just thinking back to the day, the moment, the time when you were diagnosed. How, how, do, you, how do you compare how you feel about it now compared to what you felt like then? Yeah, so at the time, um, there was not that much information around. Um, you know, there was a little bit of, right, well, let's just pack you off to a care home now. Um, I remember going to, to meet some groups, uh, some people, um, you know, young people in their twenties and thirties who who had also been diagnosed with MS. Um, and there was a lot of um people saying, oh, "I'm leaving university. I'm I'm gonna move back home, and I'm gonna do this, and just you know, focus on me." Um, and I felt very much like the odd one out, saying, "I'm about to move to the UK and go and do a masters, and 
well, you know, 20 years later, I'm still here. Um, and so my view has been, I'm not going to let it stop me doing what I want to do. I won't be that quick walking along the street. <laughs> you mentioned about going for a run. I mean, that would just be a world of pain. Just take me straight to <laughs> A&E. But, um, you know, I see the funny side of things where I can. Um, it still is frustrating from time to time. Um, that's, that's, won't hide from that. Um, but I actually see it now, now that, you know, I'm in the, in the um, 20 year mark. Um, I, I actually see it as a, as a privilege because I've got to do stuff that I would have never got to do beforehand. Um, but as I said, I'm not going to hide that as a hide that as a pain in the neck at times. But um, I've got to do some pretty cool stuff as a result. Yeah. And so actually, I'll turn it into a good thing. I can't control that I've got MS. Um, I can control what I do about it. Do you know, I think it will give a lot of people out there, whether they are suffering from a, a disability or an illness or not, I think it will give them a lot of hope, good spirit, that somebody who has been through it and lived most of their life with it can sit there and genuinely speak about it in those terms yeah yeah it is i mean you know you saw me walking along the street just to come up to your place here today um i'm not exactly you know jogging or skipping along the road especially on the cobbles of edinburgh um i am i, am, I do look where i go but i'll tell you what i'm still gonna walk here um and i'm still gonna do it i may not be the fastest of the block but i'm still gonna do it because i want to and of course as we said at the start i can see blue sky it's a nice day in edinburgh it's not raining <laughs> Um, so Get outside. I'm going to enjoy it. Why not? Yeah. So yeah, I'll take my time. I'll enjoy it. And you know, once we finish here today, I'll, uh, equally keep walking along the road and then wander back down into, uh, into the Stockbridge where I live. So, um, it's, yeah, I'll take my time. I'll do it on my terms, but I tell you what, I'll still do it. And there is a beautiful metaphor for life. Yeah. In some sense. Thank you for sharing that, Sai. I All appreciate right. that. I'm grateful. Thank you. Um, we're going to round off the conversation in a way that we like to do, uh, which is to pose you a question from a previous guest. Uh, yeah, which uh, the previous question that we have is from Andrew Wildgoose, who was on a couple of episodes ago. Yep. Um, and then I'm going to ask you to leave a question for our next guest. Excellent. If we may. Firstly, on the question from Andrew, um, his question is, if you could cut one bad memory from your mind, would you do it? No. Easy answer. Why? Because we've all had plenty of shit experiences um they can be short they can be slightly longer um for me um i don't want to change them if, if i you know pick let's say pick a, a, an employer that that was a challenge to work with um now having left and and i can reflect back on that i can say actually whilst it was crap at the time i can now look back and i can say i learned so much mostly what not to do, how not to treat your employees, how not to treat your staff. Um, however, uh, massive learning opportunity. So I do I regret, do I resent, do I want to change that? No, I don't. Um, I've learnt a ton and then I can now apply that for my life going forward, especially now I'm a director of a company and hopefully I'll get staff one day. Um, I know how to treat them right and I know what will work for them and what won't work. Uh, so I can then be a better person as a result. So easy answer. Yeah. Great answer. I love this question as well. So I was think I've been thinking about it since uh since Goose posed the question and I mean first and foremost on the surface I'm the same. I would I would not 
take out one negative memory because it shapes me. And then the analogy that quite often comes up in conversations like this is um, is that of sculptors and the marble, right? So we see we see these gorgeous marble sculptures that are perfect, you know, refined, smooth. Um, the image of a man or the image of a woman. But if you think about how they became that, some sculptor had to chip away and chip away and chip away a block of marble. And beneath that is the human form. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes think about all these challenging experiences being the chisel. You know, life's chisel. And they're just working away at you until you reach the point where you are. You're not perfect. You will never be perfect. I will never be perfect. But you are every day becoming closer to the form that is the true Simon. Yep. Or the true John. Yep. And that's a really powerful way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's also, you know, by looking back on those experiences, if it was, uh, you know, a negative, uncomfortable thing, by saying, I've learned a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of things from that and what not to do, the example I gave, um, actually takes a lot of pressure off that. It, it actually de, de-negativizes it. If that's a word, I'm yeah. sure some psychologists will correct me. But uh, it, it it's um it, it makes it much more neutral. So I can you know I don't have to have the negativity emotionally attached to it. I can just look back and go, that didn't work for whatever reasons because this this and this. Yeah. Uh, and then I can now know what I want to do and what I need to do to be better going forward. And that's a real point of emotional maturity is to be able to go through challenging periods or 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 take a challenging situation and in real time frame it to say. This is a lesson. Yeah. I will learn from this and this will make the next situation easier to handle. Yep. So it's another one. If you look at negative experiences in your own life, um, I think also reaching the point whereby you, you, you start to see them as not only a lesson for yourself, but this will make you uh, a better teacher for others. So, you know, you're fairly recently married. Um, I, I now have two young boys and I very much look at my life lessons as um, being able to pay it forward to them. So yeah. helping them on their journey, you know, I've experienced something tough. It doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and say, this is how you must deal with this situation if it comes up in your life. But as inevitably they will face challenges as they grow up, I will be there not to say, here's the instruction manual, but you have a choice about how you approach this and how you frame it and how you choose to apply it going forward. And just as my parents have done for me, being that guide for them uh, through all these negative experiences is probably one of the most valuable things things that i will be able to instill in in my two boys yeah absolutely and you know even down to the little things now um i'm asking myself okay what do we need in the house for dinner do we need it and then i'll just send my other half a message saying do we need anything do you want me to pick anything up because it's not just about me now um and i actually enjoy doing that and that's something that you know relationship maturity has come along it's not just you know me um I'm thinking much more broader. Yeah. All valuable grist to the mill. Um, thank you, Goose, for that great question. It's prompted, you know, a lot of thought from Simon and I, obviously. Um, no pressure on you, Si. Uh, what's your question for the next guest on the Men Who Talk podcast? Oh, yeah. I think the question would be, what would, they, what would you be wanting to say to your younger self around mental health as a journey? What what does it take you on? Um, would you be you know giving advice? Give yourself advice? Would you just give yourself the ability to say sit back and just enjoy? This is going to happen, um, and learn from it. Or what advice would you be giving your younger self 
from that. You know, I'm thinking back to when I was 18, when I was first diagnosed with MS. Um, what what would you be wanting to say to yourself back then uh, for for doing this now and what you're going to go through in life? Beautiful, perfect way to wrap up the conversation, mate. Thank you. <laughs> and it's still sunny. <laughs> it's still the sun is still shining. We're blessed, um, Simon. I say this to everyone who comes on the podcast, but I'm so happy this conversation has been recorded. <laughs> it's It's been amazing. And I think... Didn't swear much. That's good. No, we can put clean on the podcast uh, information, <laughs> I think. Um, we've we've talked a lot. We've talked over coffees. We've talked over whiskeys. Um, but I think this has taken our conversation to a new depth, a new level. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very grateful to have you as a part of the men who I'm grateful to have you as a guest on the show. I'm very grateful to have you as a friend. Absolutely. Returned. So, thank you, mate. Cool. Thank you very much. Take it easy. See you at the next circle. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Men Who Talk. We really hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as we did and can apply some of today's wisdom to your own mental well-being practices. For more information on this episode or our collective, head to the show notes or visit our website, www.themenwho.com or head over to Instagram, at themenwho underscore. If you've found value in what we've been sharing, feel free to rate and review our show as it really helps us spread the word and reach more listeners. For now, keep talking, stay well, and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Men Who Talk. Talk.